Is Social Security in trouble? No. In fact, it needs expanding. Here's how we do it. We need to expand Social Security. Millions of Americans are in danger of not being able to maintain their standard of living in retirement, and the problem is getting worse. That's because fewer companies nowadays provide their workers pensions when they retire. And many workers get such low pay during their working lives that they haven't been able to save for retirement. At the same time, the cost of pharmaceuticals keeps rising, taking an ever bigger bite out of retiree incomes. So the typical monthly Social Security check just isn't enough for many retirees. In the big picture, two-thirds of seniors derive over half of their income from Social Security, and one-third of seniors rely on Social Security for at least 90% of their income. So it's more important than ever that Social Security be expanded. Coming up on Nurse Talk, Busting the Myth of Insolvency, a special edition report on Social Security. Can anyone sign executive orders? A little night music from the Sanders-Cruz healthcare debate. Town hall meetings across the country force elected officials to answer their constituents. All this and more on Nurse Talk. Welcome to Nurse Talk, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're two of the thousands of proud nurses on duty today. We have a great show today, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our listeners on Progressive Voices TuneIn and all of our broadcast partners. Thank you. So, Casey, I know we have a busy show today, but I wanted to take a minute to have you sign some orders for me. What kind of orders? Why do I have to sign them? Well, they're orders that I think will make a lot of nurses very happy, and patients are going to love them. And if you don't sign them, our country will be in great danger. Why me? I don't have authority to sign any kind of sweeping orders. Well, if not you, then who? I promise this is going to bring comfort, safety, and prosperity to all who are affected. It's going to be beautiful. Wow, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Okay, fine, fine. Give it to me. The first one is, effective immediately, all hospital CEOs and non-medical management staff will be replaced by nurses and will include a patient's board of advisors. It's going to be nice. You'll like it. (laughs) Have our attorneys looked at these? No. Has anybody but you looked at these? No. Okay, where do I sign? All right, this one is effective tomorrow. All big pharma CEOs and executive staff who are suspected of price gouging will be arrested and convicted of racketeering and robbery the day after you sign this. (laughs) Further, they'll be sentenced to work in the pill production lines for a period of five (laughs) years or more, and they'll receive $3 an hour, which will go towards the cost of their very own incarceration. Now, you're going to like this one. Safe staffing ratios. We're going to have the best safe staffing Now, I like this one. I'm into this now. I feel very powerful, important. Give me the next one. Social Security works for all Americans, and it has never been more important to our economic security. Every month, 60 million receive Social Security benefits. Nearly two out of three seniors depend on it for most of their income, and many of them rely on it for virtually all of their income. Social Security's benefits are modest but vital, averaging around 15000 per year, and lifts 22.2 million Americans out of poverty. Without it, the poverty rate of our seniors would be 44% instead of just 9%. And it's an extremely efficient program with administrative costs of less than a penny on the dollar. Bottom line chain, Social Security works, and a growing chorus of prominent voices in Congress and elsewhere are calling for the expansion of our Social Security system. People who know that Social Security will not go broke and does not add a penny to the national debt. Our next guest has written a book titled Social Security Works. 
The book amplifies these voices and offers a powerful antidote to the three-decade-long billionaire-funded campaign to make us believe that this vital institution is destined to collapse. Plain and simple, it isn't. Here with us is Nancy Altman. Nancy has a 40-year background in the areas of Social Security and private pensions. She is co-director of Social Security Works and co-chair of the Strengthen Social Security Coalition and Campaign. She is the author of The Battle for Social Security, From FDR's Vision to Bush's Gamble, and co-author of Social Security Works. Nancy, it's so nice to have you with us to shine the light on the truth and tremendous value that Social Security contributes to our society. Let's start out by having you tell us about how Social Security came to be. It really is, you know, a lot of people talk about the need to modernize it. It is thoroughly modern in its concept and in the way that it works. It's been around for over 80 years. The idea is that as long as people are dependent on wages to uh, survive in life, and that's virtually all of us, we need insurance against the loss of those wages. You can lose those wages because you can become permanently disabled and can't work. You can lose those wages because you die and you've got young children um, who are dependent on those wages, or you can become um, work for a lifetime and um, have the reward of retirement. Social Security provides life insurance, disability insurance, and pensions, annuities that you cannot outlive, that will stay with you for the rest of your life. So is Social Security just for seniors? No. It is, in fact, one out of three of the beneficiaries are not seniors. It is the most important and largest children's program because it provides survivor benefits and disability benefits when uh, wages are lost as a result of death or disability. Um, it's also our most important disability program. And so it's, it's really best to think of it as a family protection plan. It's seen often in the general public as a seniors program, and it is, of course, a vital seniors program, but it is much more than that. It really is a program that protects the entire family. So how is Social Security funded? It has three funding sources. It's actually very conservatively funded. It is insurance, and so um, workers and their employers pay premiums. Now, they, in, back in 1935, when Social Security was enacted, they were called insurance contributions, and that's why it would FICA, the acronym Federal Insurance Contributions Act, which you might be able to see on your, on your pay stub. But m- most of the revenue comes from premiums paid by workers and matched by their employers. Whenever there's a surplus, that money is invested. And so there is investment income is a second source. And in 1983, a decision was made to tax benefits the way that private pensions are taxed. So part of your income tax for income tax purposes, and that money is paid into and dedicated to Social Security. So the biggest source is the premiums, and then about 8% of the um, revenue comes from the other two sources. So why is Social Security irreplaceable then, Nancy? It really is a program that works, and that really only works the best when we all are part of it. And Social Security is so valuable because, as I say, it's basic wage insurance. It's sponsored by the government, so all of us participate All of us contribute, and then all of us draw out when one of the insured events occurs. It really is irreplaceable because, first of all, as long as we're dependent on wages, we need some kind of foundation 
under us when those wages are lost. Um, and the government is the right source to do it. It is can provide this universally. It can provide it efficiently. It can provide it fairly. It can provide it so you can move easily from employer to employer and have the um, benefit travel with you. It's really a program that works since, as the title of our book says, Social Security Works. So when I see and hear that Social Security is going bankrupt, and when I see and hear that it's contributing hugely to the national debt, what am I actually hearing? Are those numbers being cooked in some way? What's going they're on? They're not there? being cooked, but they're being spun. Mm-hmm. This is um, propaganda. I mean, first of all, Social Security, as I say, has this dedicated revenue that goes into a trust fund, just like a private trust. It's a trust that's held on behalf of American workers. Um, and it is not allowed to deficit finance. It doesn't have any borrowing authority. It has to have enough revenue to pay every penny of benefits, and of course it does. So that is just a lie that that, uh, it contributes anything to the deficit. In fact, very interestingly, if your listeners are interested, you can go to YouTube and you can see President Ronald Reagan um, explaining that Social Security doesn't add a penny to the deficit, because this has been a myth that's been around for a long time that it does, and he was trying to correct the record, as so many of us have. Now, Social Security is extremely conservatively managed and financed. You know, most pension plans project out 10, 20, 30 years. Most countries around the world project out their Social Security 20 or 30 or 40 years. Social Security every year projects out 75 years. When you project out, that's almost as long as the program's been around. When you project out that far, you're occasionally going to show surpluses unintended. You're occasionally going to find unexpected shortfalls. It's nothing to be alarmed about. It's like you have a highway system. You expect that there's going to need upkeep and maintenance. And that's where this myth that it's going bankrupt. We are the wealthiest nation in the world, and we are at the wealthiest moment in our history. We're the wealthiest in the history of the world. Not only can we fully afford Social Security, we can fully afford a much expanded Social Security, and that's what we should be doing. Do you know what the Republicans are suggesting to put in place? They, they want to get rid of Social Security. Do they have a better plan? They don't have a better plan. They have a different plan. And they, this has been a plan they've had since 1935. And that is, first of all, for the most part, they believe everybody on their own. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, they don't like this idea that we're all right. um, all in this together. Yeah, why would um, you want to think and that? They, and it also, it's two things. Do you know how much money Wall Street gets from Social Security? Zero. Um, and there's a lot of money going through Social Security. So some of it is their donors, their people on Wall Street would love to get some of this money. The other is ideological. Social Security puts a lie to the claim that the private sector always does everything better than the public sector. Mm-hmm. The Good private point. sector has an important role to play, but so does our government. And Social Security is one of those. What the uh, Republicans want to do, what they'd love to do, is completely ended. They were talking back in the 1930s and 40s and 50s about simply repealing the program. It's too well understood and known now to repeal it, but they have proposals that would basically radically change it and really put a lot of our money in the stock market um, and subject to the ups and downs and risks that the stock market has. Right. The the greed is outrageous to me, that the, this notion that we don't all want to take care of each other and move along together 
and that everybody should pull themselves up by their bootstraps, even though there are no bootstraps, is, well, is outrageous. And, and it's, it's very convenient for people. It's, you know, the old joke that they were, you know, you were uh, um, born on third base and you think you hit a triple. That right. very pe- people <laughs> yes. who are born wealthy um, have a huge advantage. And what Social Security does is, you know, we're a meritocracy. and it, right. The idea is where we're supposed to be. And the idea is that it that we all contribute. We're uh, the United States. We're not just individuals. We are collectively together. And this is a program where we share our risks. Any of us can be struck, you know, can walk out in the street and get hit by a bus and find ourselves disabled. Any of us can die prematurely leaving young children. Those are risks. And um, people who are very wealthy may not have the same risks in old age, but you don't know starting out in your career what's going to happen to you over your life. And so this is a program where we these are common risks. We all contribute, and we all have this level of protection. Nancy, you'd mentioned expanding Social Security, and I know there's a growing movement to try to do that. Who's involved with that, and do you think this would be possible? Well, I think it will. I think it is eventually inevitable. The nation is facing a looming retirement income crisis. Wages have stagnated. Traditional pensions are disappearing. 401ks have proven to be really failures for most of the population. It's only the very wealthy that are able to put money aside. And even then, as I say, you can outlive um, savings. You cannot outlive Social Security. The beauty of Social Security, you live to 110. You keep getting those benefits. So, as I say, Social Security is universal, it's efficient, it um, is fair, it's extremely popular, it's portable, it works very well. It's one shortcoming is that its benefits are extremely modest by virtually any standard. So there is this growing movement. It started with Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Congressional Progressive Caucus in the House, um, a number of our progressive leaders, and they slowly convinced the rest of the Democrats that expanding, not cutting Social Security is the way to go. And so that was actually in the Democratic platform in 2016. It got drowned out by all the craziness of our past election. But that is a big difference between the two parties, that the Democratic Party wants to expand, not cut Social Security. The Republican Party wants to cut and, and in some cases, completely dismantle Social Security. So I think as the American people understand there is this difference that seniors who have tended to vote Republican will see that their interest is in the party that created Social Security, that created Medicare, and now wants to expand both of them. Great. So anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? The only thing is to be very vigilant. We um, are, as you know, have a government that is controlled by people who are dead set against Social Security and and Medicare. Speaker Paul Ryan and the Mm -hmm. just-confirmed Secretary of HHS Tom Price have both said that they want to undo Medicare this year. And I think as soon as they go after Medicare, the next, especially if they're successful, Social Security will be next on their agenda. So it is very important for people to stay vigilant and involved and let their members know no cuts to Social Security, no cuts to Medicare. We want these programs expanded. My organization's website is socialsecurityworks.org. If people go there and sign up, 
we send email alerts so people know exactly what's happening. Um, and when things start to move, we are watching it closely and we will let them know immediately. That's so important, Nancy. I, I want to thank you for your years of work in this arena because we need it now more than ever. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. We've been talking with Nancy Altman, the author of Social Security Works. For more information about this topic, visit www.socialsecurityworks.org or nursetalksite.com. You can run, but you cannot hide. Town hall meetings across the country are forcing elected officials to account for their actions or lack thereof. We'll be right back with Healthcare in America with Donna Smith. You're listening to Nurse Talk right here on Progressive Voices and all of our broadcast partners. So we are nurses, so we can... Oh, uh, scratch that one. We'll start again. We are nurses, so we cannot prescribe, diagnose, or treat. Yeah, let's try that one more time. Oh, You didn't say that right, Casey. Let's uh, have you read that. Disclaimer, take 10. I can't see. Oh. Here, here's some glasses. Oh, Jesus, man. Take 11. We are nurses. That always gets a laugh, Maggie, because whenever you say we are nurses, I just look at you and laugh. <laughs> Disclaimer, take 18. I got a real good feeling about this one. We are nurses, and so we cannot prescribe. <laughs> oh, try that again. <laughs> take 24. We are nurses, so we cannot prescribe, diagnose, or treat. Yes. A little more heart. All right, Maggie. Heart. Heart, she says. To a couple of nurses, she's talking heart. They got a lot of nerve, don't you think? What the hell can I say? Heart. What about Ladies, okay. we have some deadlines here. A little more heart. Disclaimer, take 37. We. Get on with it. Are. What are we? We're nurses. We're nurses. Yes! That's right. We're nurses. And can we prescribe, diagnose, or treat? No. No, I know that. Okay. Can we give advice? Certainly, and good advice. What else do we advise well, we people to do? We always advise to get in touch with their physician, their primary doctor, if that's if they have one. But Ladies? Oh, you Ladies? just keep going off in some Ladies. weird things. We're not listening to you, <laughs> one sir. One more time with feeling. <laughs> We're a couple of nurses. So we cannot prescribe diagnosis. <laughs> if we were just one nurse, we could. But since we're a couple, we can't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. One more time, Casey. A okay. fast one, but a nice one. We are nurses, so we cannot prescribe, diagnose, or treat. We give advice, but we also advise our callers to see their physicians. <laughs> but as always, <laughs> laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter's the best medicine. Insurance company profits have doubled under Obamacare. That was the result. Senator, this thing didn't work. You know, Senator here Sanderson. I find myself in agreement with Ted. He's right. 
let's work together on a Medicare for all single payer program. So we're finally going to get insurance companies, private insurance companies out of our lives. When government takes over health care, every example on earth, the result is rationing and waiting periods and you, the citizens, being told, no, you can't have the health care you want and deserve. And in America, we do rationing in a different way. Ted. The way we do rationing is if you are very rich, you can get the best health care in the world, I believe. But if you are working class, you are going to be having a very difficult time affording the outrageous cost. So maybe you and I could agree on a common sense reform of allowing LaRonda to purchase health insurance in any of the 50 states. That creates a 50 state national marketplace. It drives down costs. It increases choices. Ted, let me ask you a question. Sure. Is every American entitled, and I underlined that word, to healthcare as a right? So what is a right is access to healthcare. What is a right is choosing your own doctor. Access to what? You want to buy one of Donald Trump's mansions? You have access to do that as well. Access doesn't mean a damn thing. Welcome back to Nurse Talk. I'm Casey Hobbs, along with my co-host Shane Mason, and we are two of the thousands of nurses on duty today. Casey, that was a clip of the recent debate between Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders over the future of Obamacare. On that note, Shane, it's time to go (laughs) shopping at Nordstrom's. Greetings, Donna. Do you have time for some power shopping at Nordstrom's? Casey's sister has a line of cigarette lighters there, and we want to put in a plug for them. You got something you want to sell? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, let me me take a few moments to go to Nordstrom's. (laughs) (laughs) So, Donna, we digress. Let's get to the latest on the Republican-covered wagon agenda, the repeal and replace of Obamacare. Talk about the town hall phenomena. Well, I'll tell you, isn't it quite uh, astounding? We we saw it this week all over the country in town halls with congressional members in the places we might not ever think we'd see them, like Utah yeah. and some very deeply conservative areas where folks are rising up and saying, first of all, don't you dare take away the coverage that we've been able to get under the Affordable Care Act. Um, and people calling for some sanity in all of this to go to a Medicare for all-like system. I heard one wonderful young woman, she was talking very passionately as a conservative Republican, someone who believes in conservative ideals, about how frightened she was for herself and her child about being able to find adequate health care. So people are legitimately afraid and legitimately asking their congressional representatives to not do this. Don't repeal the Affordable Care Act unless and until you have something so much better to help us. And, you know, this week we saw Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz have a debate about Obamacare as well. So do you mind telling us a little bit about this, Donna? Yeah, of course. Bernie Sanders being very straight up with people, but also asking Ted Cruz very directly is healthcare a right or is it not? Yeah, great and move. once we answered that question, which Cruz never answered, that was the basic question that he never answered, that I also am hearing at some of these town halls from folks. Can we all start from the position that we believe health care is a human right? And once we start from that position, as Bernie expresses, then we get to the place where we can actually set into place a good policy. Ted Cruz's position is to talk about how everyone needs access to buy insurance across state lines and to have health care savings accounts. Well, we all know how that song goes. So the basic positions are one of looking at a market-based health 
insurance market on the Republican conservative side, as opposed to looking at a human rights-based social insurance model on the Democrat side right now. And unfortunately, it's still lining up as Republican versus Democrat when people at the town halls are saying, we don't much care which party you are. Yeah, the polls are definitely showing that people want single payer. One of the things we're also seeing is you're hearing this week the Trump gang kind of slow down their assessment of exactly when they're going to be able to make this happen, their dreamed of repeal of the Affordable Care Act. The reason they're slowing down is because they know the public is worked up and angry about it. The good thing about that is that it gives us all more time to make sure that we're at those town hall meetings. That is the most important thing. Show up. And during the recess week that's coming up, there's President's Week recess, which is going to run from the 20th of February to the 24th of February. Make sure that you are making appointments, your representatives, your congressional reps and senators. That is a week they are given to be in their districts, in their home states, to meet up with you, to be a part of what's going on in their communities. This is the time when it would be very, very good for you to make an appointment, go to the town halls, make sure you're expressing that not only do we want not want you to repeal the Affordable Care Act, what we want you to do is move to a Medicare for All system. So remember that week, February 20th through the 24th. I know uh, National Nurses United will be doing some. We're part of a group called uh, the Campaign for Guaranteed Health Care that is made up of a number of organizations. You can go to the campaignforguaranteedhealthcare.org website, and, and you can actually sign on as an individual uh, supporter or as an, as an organizational supporter. And it's made up of organizations across the spectrum, labor, um, workers' rights, on the human rights groups, environmental groups. This is the direction we must move in. And if you watch there, we will make sure that we post for you um, the fact, you know, some tips on meeting with your reps, you know, things you can say. If you can't go physically, call. Make sure you're calling and make a call every day if you can. They need to hear from us. It seems like there's a lot of political chaos. Uh, we're not really sure what's going to come down next. Is Medicare still in existence, or have they abolished that yet? What's happening? We just saw the approval of Tom Price to be the Health and Human Services for Cabinet. Uh, and that's problematic in so many ways. He is a physician, a specialist, of course, uh, who, as we might imagine, wants to make sure that the market-based health care system is operating very well for people in his economic echelon, of course. Um, one of the things that he has targeted for a very long time is that he believes Medicare should be operating more on a privatized voucher-like system. This voucher idea is, I think, the craziest thing in the whole world. It is. Where anybody on Medicare will be given a voucher to go purchase health insurance from someone. That's still his dream, to make that happen. Now, we are all going to have to keep our eyes on what he is going to propose, because he will be very important in this process to both the Trump administration and to other members of Congress who have worked with him for some time. So keep your eyes on Tom Price and what he's proposing and what he's doing. And make sure that we follow things going on, not only with Medicare and Medicaid and the Affordable Health Care Act, but also with those people who right at the moment, because there's a lot of them still, 28 million of us who are uninsured completely. And without the right kind of process here, 
that number is going to grow, not get smaller. And that is definitely not the direction we want to go. We were just talking about Social Security in our earlier segment and that it's fully funded and very stable. And yet, if you listen to them, this program is just about broke. And yeah. and it kills me because it's just about making money. So Tom Price, who's an MD, who's seen pain and suffering, how do you not relate to people? That's the part that I have a hard time with. How do you not have empathy when you work in a field in which people are suffering? Yeah, it's a wonderful question and one that, you know, makes me very sad when I really think about it because I then I worry and I wonder as a patient, and I know nurses probably wonder this too and may see more examples than I can even imagine, of caring physicians, you know, people who really do look at their patients and, and worry for them not being able to get the right care. This is where nurses will become even more vital as the people who stand up in the face of all this greed and nastiness, because I know there's a lot of nurses are not Democrats. They may be Republicans or they may not be really politically too affiliated. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I've not met very many nurses in my whole life that don't care about Mm. their patients and can't stand up in a meaningful and principled way to what this greed feels like and looks like, because not all Republicans share that view of the world. Well said, as always, Donna. We really appreciate it. We've been talking with Donna Smith, our Healthcare in America senior correspondent. Donna is also the executive director of Progressive Democrats of America. For more information on these topics, visit nursetalksite.com, pda.org, or nnu.org. That's it for today. Thanks for listening, and thank you to our executive producer, Patty Lockard, sound design and engineering, June Miller and JMC Sound, Taylor Lockard, research and National Nurses United and all the nurses on duty today and, of course, our listeners and guests. Take care and visit us at nursetalksite.com or like our Facebook page at Nurse Talk. Thanks for listening to Nurse Talk, where laughter is the best medicine. Brought to you by National Nurses United. Check us out on Facebook or go to our website at nursetalksite.com. For more information about National Nurses United and the California Nurses Association, visit nationalnursesunited.org. Until next week, remember, laughter is the best medicine.